Thank you, James, and good morning, church. Oh, I, I feel so encouraged being here today, and I hope that you feel the same. I'd like to say welcome to those of you who are watching us online. Last week, I was part of that group. I was watching online, and so I really appreciate being able to take advantage of technology and be part of an assembly, even if you're not here on a Sunday. So welcome to everyone who is here. I also wanted to just let you know that today is the day that we start our new Bible classes. And on Sunday morning and on Wednesday nights, you should have been able to have access to that information during the week as it was sent to you. But if you didn't get that, it's on our church app. And I think that you can also find a copy in the Welcome Center. And so would love to encourage you to take advantage of the great opportunities we have to gather together and to go deeper in study in God's Word, both on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and other times during the week as well. Well, if you're like me... We've been really looking forward to this Sunday. In fact, I had this Sunday circled on my calendar for weeks. It was the day that Dean Barham was to begin his preaching ministry here. And, and I just want to say that I am so glad that our leadership encouraged Dean to not be here today with all that's going on in their family with uh, so much that's in their world right now it was just not right for him to come and to be here and so I appreciate our leadership encouraging him but I want you to know that I've talked to Dean and and uh, he really really wanted to be here today He's so very excited to, about this opportunity to join hands with our church and ministry, and he's very eager to get started. But when I found out Friday that he wasn't going to be here, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. But the disappointment didn't last very long, because as I began to think about it, I realized that nothing surprises our God. I believe that our God is sovereign. And so I began to look at this deeper and I kind of began to really be convinced that, that this delay really is a great opportunity and maybe a necessary opportunity for us as a church to better prepare to welcome Dean and Melanie in their family as we begin this new chapter together in ministry. I had some self-reflection as well. I have to admit to you, okay, I'm being honest and transparent here, that Last fall, when I heard that Dean was going to be our preaching minister, I was really, really excited, and I was counting the days. And then we went into the holidays, and I don't know if you're like me, but I kind of got distracted. Family gatherings, other opportunities, things going on. 
And then all of a sudden, January the 9th was right here. And I really hadn't been praying like I wished that I had. I hadn't been thinking about it as I really felt like I needed to be thinking about it and preparing for this wonderful new chapter. And so maybe this delay is something that God intended for us. And so I want us to think about how we can welcome our new preacher. And before we get into some practical things uh, about what we can do, I want us to read our text together today. And then after that, we'll talk about some practical things that I feel like all of us can do to really get ready for next Sunday when Dean gets here, Lord willing. So when I say read this together, I really mean read it together. So I'm going to read the part that says leader, and I would like for you to read the part that says all, okay? I think that we can, we can do this. And as you read it, as we work through this passage from Romans chapter 12, I hope that God can speak to us in a special way. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, if it is serving, if it is teaching, if it is to encourage, if it is giving, if it is to lead, if it is to show mercy together, Romans 12, 3 through 8. Transition's never easy. All of us have been through transitions. We all have challenging memories, I'm sure, of times that we've had to go through transition. Sometimes it's geographic transition where we move from one place to another. Sometimes it's relational transition where we adjust to the different relationships dynamic that we find in our life. Sometimes it's procedural transition when we have to adjust in a different way of doing things, adjust to a different routine. Transition is never easy. It's never easy for us, and it's not going to be easy for the Barums as they move to a new community, as they be, begin to join hands with a different church family and ministry. And really, it's not easy for us as well. We have to go through this transition as well. But I was thinking that the ease of this transition and the 
and the impact that our church can have on our community may very well depend on how well we receive and welcome Dean as our new preacher. And so here are some things that I feel like are important for us that we can do to welcome our new preacher in a warm and impactful way. I think, first of all, we need to be devoted in prayer. Seems pretty simple. But I remember when Sarah and I first got here in 1999, that first Sunday that we were here, everyone was coming up and they were welcoming us, telling us how glad they were that we were now here and part of the church family and joining this church in ministry. And I remember one special sister came up to me and she said, Kelly, she looked me in the eye. She said, Kelly, I want you to know that you are covered in prayer. That a group of us has been gathering together to pray for you ever since we heard that you were coming to be part of our ministry here. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. To know that there was intentional and devoted prayer taking place. And there have been many times over the years during our ministry that something would happen that was kind of unexpected and really unexplained. And Sarah and I would look at each other and we'd have that kind of knowing glance that we would share with each other and we'd say, yeah, I guess somebody's been praying. Because that's the only way to explain it. We need to be devoted in prayer. You think about it, Jesus was devoted in prayer. And not only that, Jesus encouraged his disciples to join him in prayer, sometimes all night long as they went into special times. The Apostle Paul was devoted to prayer and asked others to pray for him specifically. You can find many examples of Paul's prayer in his letters. One that's my favorite, one that I think is especially appropriate for us today is in Ephesians six nineteen, and And listen to what Paul says that he would like to be prayed over for. Paul says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. He says it again, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I know this is in Dean's heart right now. I know that he would love for us as a church family to be devoted in prayer for him. I know that he's longing for us to pray that whenever he speaks, that words may be given him so that he will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. I know that he's wanting us to pray that he may declare the the message of God fearlessly as he should. So we have a lot to be praying for. 
And I'm hoping that this prayer cannot be just this week. That this, this devotion to prayer can be something that will be part of our, our, our routine, part of our discipline, not just for week, not just for months, but even into the years ahead that we can continue being devoted in prayer. But right now, I think we can be praying for health. The health concerns. I, pray, I, I think that right now we can be praying in a special way for this transition, saying goodbye to the familiar, to friends, and coming into a new situation, the unknown. I think that we can be praying, especially for Dean and Melanie and their family. We can be praying, especially for Dean, that he has courage, that he has boldness as he proclaims God's word. That what Dean says here in this pulpit, in our classroom settings, or in one-on-one conversations will be the message that God wants us to have. That we can be praying that Dean has this vision and a burning passion for the AM church and our community. I also think that we need to be praying for us as well, for our own hearts, that we can be ready to receive Dean and Melody, that we can be ready to join them in ministry, to have an impact on our community, and that we can be bright, shining lights to the world, to God's glory, as we enter into this new time of partnership together. But secondly, and I I don't really have a better way to say what I wanted to say, so I just put up, remember the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is. It's Jesus' teaching in Matthew 7 where he says, Do to others what you want them to do for you. I imagine that all of us here today have felt the insecurity of transition, the uncertainty, the chaos, the challenge of being part of a new place and a new, a new community. I want us to go back and have us remember those times. Remember what it felt like walking into a situation where before there were familiar faces, but now there are so many unfamiliar faces. How did you feel? The, the Barums are going to be coming to a new city, to a new community, to a new church family. If you were them, what would you want? I think this could guide us in knowing how to respond. What would make you feel welcomed would probably be what will make them feel welcomed. I think that the Spirit will guide us in this way. Now, we could go on and list a lot of different ways, but one I'm going to point out that I think is simple and something that we could all do. Now, I think that Dean and Melanie would both really, really, really love it if all of us wore name tags for the next year. That isn't going to happen. I know you. I mean, I've been around here long enough. That's not going to happen. But what we can do is be sensitive. And we can give our name 
when we come up and greet them. Don't expect them just to remember it because we said hi to them once. I said this in first service, and Steve Smith came and grinned really big and said, well, that's not going to be enough for me. There's three Steve Smiths in our church family. And I said, come on, Steve, you got a heart. You got more to do. But let's remember this. Let's be nice. Let's not expect them to remember our name every time after one t- introduction. Let's be kind and remind them who we are. Number three, let Dean use his spiritual gifts. And this brings us to the scripture that we began with in Romans 12. In Romans 12, to put this, in, this passage in context, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul gives doctrinal truths, theological truths. Starting in chapter 12, verse 1, and going to the end of his book, it's more of practical living. And it's so interesting to me that he starts off this new section in his letter on practical living by saying, present yourselves as living sacrifices. Now, we may have heard this several times to the point where it kind of just goes over our head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to that group of people, a living sacrifice was a new concept for them. You see, a sacrifice required something to die. And so this concept of a living sacrifice was was specially chosen by Paul to help them see this new situation that they are living into. And so he says, first of all, we've got to see ourselves clearly, just as God does. And secondly, he says that we, we've got to know how the body of Christ works. That it's a body, it's not an institution. It's not an organization. It's a body. And a body has different members. And all of the members, they're different, but they work together. They have the same purpose. And each member of the body must use their gifts. In Romans 12, Paul lists seven gifts. He mentions the gift of prophecy or speaking the words of God. Serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy. If you continue reading in other letters that Paul writes you can see that he actually mentions other gifts as well. In fact, I read that somebody counted them and there were up to 28 gifts, separate gifts that Paul highlights in his letters. These are special abilities that are given by the Holy Spirit. And every Christian has at least one gift, but no person has them all. The reality is, is that God has made us incomplete on purpose so that we would actually need and depend on each other. Now, this is important because some misguided people might expect the preacher to have all the spiritual gifts. 
But that's not going to happen. They, there might be some that expect the, an inspiring preacher, an insightful teacher, a visionary leader, an organized administrator, an evangelist who's always out in the community, but also a chaplain who's always found visiting people in their homes. I've been a minister for four decades, but Al Jolly is here, and he has been a minister for about six decades. As I was coming in, I saw Al, and I asked him, I said, Al, in your ministry experience, have you ever seen a preacher that had all these spiritual gifts? And he laughed. He didn't even have to answer. No way. You see, it's, it's going to be easy for us to have expectations of a new preacher regarding which of those gifts we feel like are most important. We might prioritize them according to our point of view. And it's going to be, it's going to be tempting for us to, to compare other preachers with our new preacher. Don't do it. Don't do it. You see, one of the best ways that we can work together in ministries and have a huge impact on, our, our, on the growth of our church family and our community is to encourage Dean to use the unique gifts that God has given him. But just as no preacher should be expected to have all the gifts, it's important for us to realize that every one of us sitting here today has received a gift as well. And we've received giftedness in order to use that gift to bless the church body. And, and this is the point that Paul's making here in Romans chapter 12. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, he says, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, then do it diligently. If it's showing mercifully, do it cheerfully. You see, one of the greatest gifts that we could give Dean is to be the body of Christ, a body that's unified under the direction of Jesus, a body that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and a body where everyone is working together to the glory of God the Father. Oh, that would be wonderful. And that's our goal. But lastly... I think that we all need to be open to what God will do through Dean. Last fall, I had the privilege of being able to really spend a lot of time going back and looking at the history of our church family. And it was so special. It surprised me at how much I really enjoyed that. 
We celebrated the 100th birthday of our church family, and I was amazed at how God used different people with different gifts at different times to really impact our church in a very special way. You may recall, it began with a math professor who came here to teach math, but he had a much greater spiritual vision. A.D. Martin in 1921. Then you may remember that God used a generous and courageous woman, Bessie Woodward, in the early 1930s to help our church get to a different stage of growth, a different platform that we can be effective. You may remember that the very first preacher that came and was part of our church family was R.B. Sweet in 1935. And if you were here during that time, you remember that there were pictures of all the different ministers that served throughout the hundred years of our church family. I believe that God did something very special with each one of them through the years. And they were all different. They all had different gifts, but God put them in a place where their gifts could be used to bless our church in a particular way at a particular time, and we need to be mindful of that going forward just as we have seen it so clearly in the past. You see, Dean's going to begin his ministry in the year 2022. It's starting year 101 for our church. And I firmly believe, just as our leaders do, that God has brought him to our church at this particular time for a purpose, to use his unique set of spiritual gifts to bless our church as we go into this next chapter of our life together. So it's imperative for us to be open to what God's going to do through Dean starting next week. Here's one thing that I've learned, that God always does amazing things through people who are open to allowing God to work through him to carry out his will. So let's close right now with a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask you to pray in silence individually, first and foremost in this prayer, to do what I ask you to do at the very beginning, and that is to start off this devotion in prayer and pray for Dean and Melody and their family during this time of transition. And then I will close our time in prayer together, and we'll end. So let's pray. Oh God, it's a comfort to talk to you in this time of transition. Transition for Dean, for his family, and even transition for our church family. 
And dear God, we thank you for your constant presence throughout all of this. You are our rock. Through seasons of stability and even in times of change, Father, you are always with us. And you're always calling us into a deeper trust. You're calling us together in self-sacrificial unity. You're calling us out of ourselves into the world to serve others. And so, dear God, as we enter this new chapter in the life of our church, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your strength that we may be a place where all are truly welcomed and embraced in your love. A place where you are clearly seen as active among us, calling us to join in your saving work in our world. Dear God, may, may we be a place where the story of your love and grace and mercy are embodied and clearly seen. And We offer this prayer, our prayer, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know what it is that you've brought with you today, but if you have a burden that is heavy, we've got part of our prayer team and leaders of our church in the Welcome Center. I will be up here at the front. If you'd like to talk more about Jesus, if you're interested in being baptized into his name, we want to use this as a time of response as we all stand together, encourage each other in song. Let's do that right now.